0: that's how the intro goes if you, if you didn't know that's how intros work hey uh welcome back to the constitutional's podcast i'm your host chad white and this is the podcast premiere podcast for cpluscomedy.com, the, the site that has sometimes comedy things most of the time reviews okay for <laughs> this is so stupid i <laughs> never sounds never sounded so excited for, <laughs> to record anything okay anyway uh yeah, welcome back to the Constitutionals. This is a this is great. This is gonna be fun. This is a very late episode. I assume, not not I assume. This is the day it's supposed to release, and it's still not recorded. I'm recording it right now. I couldn't record it last night. I had something to do, so now we're recording it now. And We got a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it. Uh, the first topic, Disney streaming service. Guys, <laughs> this is big news. Uh, so uh, if if you do not know, Disney said we're gonna pull all our stuff off of Netflix. We're going to make our own own streaming service. Netflix, days later, responded by saying, okay, great. Shonda Rhimes, would you like to come to Netflix and make your shows? Shonda Rhimes said, yeah, dude, let's do it. And now she's got a multi-year pact with Netflix to make TV shows. That is insane. That's crazy. I never thought something like that would happen in such a quick amount of time. It was so fast the the retaliation, Netflix and then now Netflix is still trying to trying to keep the Lucasfilm and Marvel movies, as in Star Wars and uh, Star Wars and Avengers and all that crap. And they want to keep it all on Netflix because it, of course people watch that stuff, and it's they I guarantee people watch that every hour. There's someone clicking on every hour. I probably have half hour. I'm not good at math or anything, but I think I think that's a really good decision for Netflix to take Shonda Rhimes. Especially since her last show, Starcross, did not do too well when it premiered on ABC earlier this year, earlier this summer, I believe. So this mm-hmm. this type of movement, this I, I guess this uh, I don't want to call it spearheading. I don't because that's not that's not the right term. But this type of sharking, sharking or hawking, uh, coming up from behind and taking something like the lead of, of like if you're racing. So this kind of this kind of sharking from Netflix. Uh, via Disney, just because they wanted to make their own streaming service, is is pretty wild, and it's a gutsy move. And I, I don't want to say appreciate it, but I think I respect that, because I don't I don't like I don't I'm not a huge fan of the way Netflix treats movie theaters and uh, movie distribution. But seeing them come around and do this with Shonda Rhimes, who probably had to go through jump through hoops just to get Starcross on the air to join her other seventy shows on ABC, I mean this is insane. So. I know Shonda's shows. I only know like Scandal, and I think Grey's Anatomy might be one of her shows too. I don't want to. Don't call me on that. I th- uh, let's let's take a look. Shonda's got The Catch, which was just canceled, I believe. How to get away with murder, still going. Scandals in this last season, uh, and Grey's is still going. Like, jeez, she's gonna in Private Practice it. so she's she's she has a reason to do this. If she's done working with broadcasts with now now on Netflix she can do whatever she wants. She can curse. She can have nudity. She can have the storylines that broadcast primetime broadcast would not allow her to have. So good for her. I applaud her. Very excited to see where she goes. I'm not gonna watch the shows, but I'm excited to see her uh, do her thing in the drama world on netflix and now if net i would have what netflix said they're going to do they're at uh, i think by the end of this year they're going to be at 500 hours of original shows and movies and stuff uh so and that's 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 50 of their catalog so or something like that something stupid like that it's insane it's a huge number of the catalog but at, at some point i've said this before i, I think i said it last week in last week's episode they're, or the week before that, they're probably going to have to make, just make, just make your own content. Just make, I don't want to say content, make your own shows, make your own movies. Don't worry about acquiring uh, things for a quote unquote, I, I guess, a syndication type deal. You don't need, you don't need The Office. Let, just give that to Hulu because NBC owns Hulu with Fox and ABC and Comcast, which also owns ABC. Um, so just just give all that stuff away. Anything that's not original, anything that's not yours, anything that you didn't inquire or produce, anything that you didn't inquire that you can put your name on, just give it up. There's no there's no point. Don't 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 let Parks and Recs go to Hulu. Let all these other shows go to Hulu and Amazon Prime. You focus on your own thing. Charge fifteen dollars instead of ten. You're the new HBO, guaranteed. And nobody's gonna get mad at you. I, people. I read this Reddit post Well, that was, it was a Jiffy reaction Jiff. And it said, uh, my face went, my reaction, when Netflix, uh, or Disney thinks we're going to pay for another streaming service when they take the movies off of Netflix. And it was a disapproved, like, like a guy going, I'm not doing that. That's how you describe gifs in this <laughs> stupid dead age. I hate gifs so much. Another <laughs> fun. Uh, so, but uh, in reality, they're still going to subscribe. If Disney charged 4 to 8 dollars for that stuff, you can watch all of their movies from Cinderella to Mary Poppins to Moana to Princess and the Frog. And I guess even if Star Wars, if Star Wars and Marvel, if they if they took Star Wars and Marvel off of Netflix in 2019. This all happened in 2019. And they put it on their Disney streaming service which which they probably would call Disney streaming anywhere because that's what goes with their Disney movies anywhere thing where you can get a digital version of the movies and watch it on any platform like Amazon or their their personal app or their website or whatever. Anyway, but if they do that, guaranteed, and they charge eight bucks, guaranteed, that'll be it'll be one of the most paid for streaming services. People say they don't want it, but it'll happen. They'll and they'll they'll buy. It. I did not I have to subscribe to watch Star Wars because that's what they that's what they do. That's what they want to do. Because uh, anything if uh, they go where Star Wars goes. So anyway, moving on. That was way too long, and I should have <laughs> explained a lot of that stuff. <laughs> um, uh, Fox exec Dana Walden says he doesn't quote CNN to the Simpsons. This happened at the the Television Critics Association last week. They ended last Wednesday. Usually I would have made a Newstime episode about it. It was News Time's birthday. Did not want to do it. So I just made a previous thing, and then I did an episode about Steven Soderbergh's marketing play. We'll talk about that later on. But anyway, uh, I think I love The Simpsons dearly. I love it to death. I was expecting them to go to 30 and then kind of, kind of call it quits and then making a movie in two years. Uh, but I, I, know he wants, I know he wants to keep The, the Simpsons and Family Guy going as long as possible, because those are even though they're not the high ratings getters that they were fifteen years ago, they're still gonna they're still gonna get ratings. I mean, Family Guy and The Simpsons each probably get eight million views. Let's let's see. I don't wanna I don't wanna put my thumb in my nose, but I I, can't, I guarantee they probably still get at least eight million views, and that's nothing to nothing to scoff at because ratings are. We're now at a time when we can't get. 60 to 70 to 80 million views per episode now anymore. Uh, okay, I was wrong. Uh, Simpsons episodes typically get about 3, 2 to uh, 2.5 to, to 2.8 two eight something. So, eh, yeah, they waver. And then let's look at Family Guy. But, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't, I don't think. I love The Simpsons. And I'm always the one to defend it. But I don't think they should keep going for as long as possible. That's that's kind of strange, but I did realize last two weeks ago, two weeks ago, Google that all the the all the Simpsons episodes, which were not previously available through digital, are now available on Amazon and Google Play, and I'm really tempted <laughs> to just invest over the next year or so, just spend because all the seasons are twenty dollars a high def. So all you gotta do is just spend twenty bucks a month, every two months, pick up a season here and there, boom, you got it. Just saying. Uh, now let's look at the Family Guy ratings. I mean, I, I just want to own all the Simpsons episodes. And then I also <laughs> also want to get FX now <laughs> and just have them available to watch. Okay, so Family Guy is getting significantly less than The Simpsons. They're getting about their highest is four. So, yeah, just, I mean, I don't know. The Simpsons, um, They I mean, they can go for as long as they want, but... Just don't do it at the just at saying I want to have the longest running show. I the if you're if you're a regular Simpsons fan like me, and if you're somebody who watched them during the quote unquote golden years of six through fourteen or eleven, whatever the heck people love, then just just watch it or don't doesn't matter. But I think we've kind, of, we kind of all reached the point where we think the Simpsons should probably. And we'll see what happens. I love the Simpsons, though. Um, okay. So, guys. There's a show on TBS called Wrecked. It's one of... TBS, i got to say. I've already done an episode of Time on TBS. And i got to say, they have some of the best cable comedy shows of all time. Not all time. Of, of the recent memory. Because... They have wrecked. They got Angie Tribeca. They got Search Party. They got People of Earth, and then they got other shows coming that I can't really remember. Last OG with Tracy Morgan. I really liked Wrecked. Wrecked is hilarious. It's a show about people who it's like lost but funny. It's they get they crash on an island, and then it follows you know just a set number of characters, and they have all these. They it's so stupid. And then in the second season. They the characters are overrun by pirates, but then halfway through the second season, I'm ruining this for you. Probably should watch it. They they get off the island uh, by getting on the pirates cruise ship, which they were riding on. And now they're all on his cruise ship. But throughout the entire series, there's <laughs> they always have a guest star in Rory Scovel and Rory Scovel's a comedian. You probably don't know who he is, but you may have seen him once or twice. He's in the house. Um, and he was also he also does stand up, for he did on Conan with John Doer several several times. But he pops up, and no one knows who he is. <laughs> Every time he pops up, he's always making himself known. He goes, guys, guys, it's me, I'm Corey. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know why I wrote this down for a topic for the Constitutionals, <laughs> but it's so great to see Roy Scoville pop up and no one knows who he is. Everybody's going, who's this guy? Anyway, I, should, I thought I should mention it. Okay, I'm moving on. This is stupid. That was such a stupid topic. Um, Snapchat. Going to Snapchat, talking about the Snapchat is failing to add new users and they have bad earnings every single morning. Now, I follow I'm I'm not a huge I'm not savvy in to the world of stocks and everything. I do have uh, one or two stocks. I have one stock. <laughs> I have two stocks in one company. And uh, and in Snapchat, I wanted to invest in Snapchat, but once their IPO kind of revealed itself and it was just, uh, less than what people thought it was going to be, I I thought okay, I'm not going to do anything yet. And ever since they have revealed, they've been falling every single day. They have not gotten anything it's crazy and it's now and now they're finding what the quarter just ended and now you're just finding out that snapchat is failing to add new users uh, that and that really definitely adds to their earnings and I guess the reason is they're not doing this when nothing's going right for them is because the kids there are kids that just use this app to send you know disappearing messages of things and they can't really kids can't invest in anything. And it, and even if they did, they probably wouldn't want to invest in this because you can't really innovate on disappearing pictures. Now Snapchat just updated, not just, and they did a thing called snap map, which I don't, you snap and it shows a picture of your, you on where you are and people know where you are or something like that. I don't think, I don't understand it. I don't know why you want to tell people where you are. I can, I barely want to put on Instagram when I take a picture, my location, because they, don't, I don't want somebody knowing where I am. Come and meet me because I'm so famous. <laughs> so I think it's very strange that Snapchat is not, they're not capitalizing on something they have. I mean, if you're a young company, these, the, the, the guys that run it are my age. They're 24, 25, 26 years old. And if you, and you're a young company, you open up your IPO this early. They've been around for maybe four years, three or four years. I don't know. And they opened up their IPO this early they have nothing else to show for it whenever they innovate on something then instagram and facebook well same company instagram and uh, and all these and all these everybody else will do will do the same thing but better i mean even the samsung's galaxy s8 has a filter setting where you can put a dog face on your side the dog face looks di- like vaguely like the snapchat version of the dog face And because I guess because I I don't, I think they can't pat, they haven't patented some of their ideas or whatever, something like that. So people, so you can take it directly. I don't, I don't know. Instagram has disappearing messages, but I think only famous people use them because I only see famous people use them. I think it looks great. I I don't, I don't know. I think Instagram is the perfect social media because it's, you can just put up a picture and that's it, or you can put up a, a picture with a bunch of like a paragraph of words like The Rock and Chris Hardwick do. They put a, a gosh darn, f- a folder of words in there. <laughs> That's how you describe things. I should have said notebook of words. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Okay, I'm going to move on to another failing company. I'm going to skip the topic I had written down. Right. And CISO. I don't want to spend too much time with this because I've done too many episodes of CISO. I've done too many things for CISO. There, see, if you didn't know, CISO was NBC streaming service that... Focused only on comedy shows and original comedy shows, and all of and it has uh, on top of that it has all of the SNL episodes, every single one. They're edited, some of them, uh, most of them are in the early seasons. And um, it's got a bunch of British comedy and a bunch of movies and stuff, and comedy specials and everything. And it was four dollars a month. Never caught on because NBC is so effing terrible at all this stuff at advertising and making anything special and working anything they're bad at updating their apps and wow you can hear a cicada through the microphone through the wall through the windows outside insane so uh nbc just doesn't know how to do it and then the, they announced last week that it's coming to an end they sold off some of their shows not all of them they sold off some of their shows and put them on this thing called Verve, VRV. I'm I'm not gonna invest in that. I just uh, whatever. So like I like I assumed from the start of when Evan Shapiro left the CEO or the head guy, he uh, it's CISO is going down. And once they put they put that woman from NBC, I said it like it's everything. They put that uh, the woman from NBC Universal in charge of it. I knew that that, that CISO was just gonna fail. And so now all of these, all these, your favorite, my favorite creators, um, Kulab Vuli Sog, Jonah Ray, Tim Baltz, all these people, their shows, I mean, Hidden America has Verve right now. It was one of the shows sold to Verve, along with My Brother, My Brother and Me and Harmon Quest from Dan Harmon. Um, but I, uh, but Jillian Dollar Properties has nowhere to go. And um, uh, Shrink has nowhere to go. And, and, and some of these shows are already to be like Shrink season two, I believe, is already ready to be made. It's already written, or outlined, or something like that. And then the Dog property season four is already cut, edited, and it just needs to be put up. And then all the new shows that were coming to see so have nowhere to go. It's 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 stupid. I mean, if they want, if 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 they really wanted to do this, if NBC wanted to do this and make this succeed, all they had to do was put this stuff on Hulu. They could and and I mean, sure, Fox and ABC own. Part of Hulu, but you'd still be investing that money into yourself because you are a third of Hulu NBC, and it was—it's a stupid decision, and that's why they don't—they're not doing too well uh, in ratings for most of the time. You know, if if things—if it wasn't for the Today Show, or sometimes Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, or uh Today Tonight Show, (laughs) I just got that, Uh, or if it wasn't for America's Got Talent. Uh, or some of their other reality shows than they'd be they'd be all they'd always be behind they'd always be behind it's it's just it's dumb or if it wasn't for the olympics they'd definitely be behind all the time it's just stupid how a company that uh that used to be the reigning champion for comedy would would not know how to run a comedy streaming service you don't have to you can this is what they could have they i'm so angry I'm so angry because all these people have nowhere to go or their or their shows are sold to a, another streaming platform that probably only has 20,000 people on it as opposed to Hulu, which has a good number, a good chunk of a couple million or something like that. So but I don't know. All you got to do was make all you to do is put all these shows, put all of SNL, put all this stuff on Hulu. You could you every all the money that you'd lose and not charging four dollars a month to 15,000 people would be made back in the commercials that you can institute within the the the, the eight dollar commercial ad price of Hulu. Or if people are, char- are paying the twelve dollar no ad thing, then you'd still get that four dollars. I don't understand. I was just, before I before I cursed in this podcast that's supposed to be clean. I'm not saying anything. OK, moving on. Difficult people is back on Hulu. Hulu's great. I love it so much. NBC. I <laughs> oh, was that a bad word? Um, Difficult people's great. Julie Eis- uh, Eisner. <laughs> Julie. Eis- Julie Eisner. I have. A, I used to have a manager uh, at the news station that had a last name that's close to that. Anyway, Ju- Julie Eisner, <laughs> Billy Eichner, <laughs> Julie Klausner, <laughs> Julie Klausner, Billy Eichner. I am mixing up their last names. Um, uh, there. This show is is fantastic. It's great. That was supposed to be the main topic for the day, but I just I'm so full of anger. I can't, with CISO, I can't really talk about it. It's back. Watch it on Hulu. I got nothing but positive things to say about that show. It's it's like as always as uh, as always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, but uh, it it's just two people and they're worse. <laughs> well, they're not worse. They're kind of they're better than the sunny guys, Uh sunny peeps. So, there we go. And finally, Orphan Black ended its five-year run this past Saturday on BBC America. Uh, that show stars Tatiana Maslani, Christian Brun, and uh, some other people I don't know. <laughs> but it's a very good show. It's a show about uh, a girl named a, a woman named Sarah discovering that she has been cloned, and or she's part of a clone family. And and then five years later, they they're fighting for five seasons later, five seasons later, they're fighting for her and several of her clone sisters are just uh, they've become a familial unit and they're together and they love each other. And it's just, just such a wonderful show. And it's sad to see it go. Ten episodes a season. That's but it's crazy. It's been five years. You you spend all this time with the your show. You're watching. what I always think about when the show ends. You you spend so much time with the show. It's been so long. You wait, wait after week after week, week after week, week after week to to watch this show, and then it ends. And then you wait the next year. Same thing with the Carmichael show that ended this past week. I can't. I haven't had time to watch the last few episodes, but I know. Uh, Gerard and Christine get married, or Maxine—I don't know these characters' names. <laughs> Gerard and Maxine get married. Uh, too bad, I spoiled it for myself. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Orphan Black is just a wonderful show that that did not get enough praise for what it was doing. It was just a show about. Uh, it was a very strong show that had women that <laughs> women. <laughs> Tatjana Maslany <laughs> playing ninety-seven different women. That were so strong and powerful, and it was funny and dark and perverse and pervasive, and it was it's it's so great. And then so many different things, dance like dance scenes. Uh, one of the clones, Allison and her husband Donnie, played by Christian Brunn, were uh dancing on a bed and their underwear just uh, shooting money at each other. It's Oh my gosh, that's just one of the main scenes. Or having one of the twins, Helena, be this Russian, basically assassin who didn't care. She would kill people in public. And, and then she became part of the family calling and then started calling everybody Sestras. And Clone Club was great. So, anyway. Okay, that was it. Uh, I think I should end this episode because I got stuff to do. But hey, listen. Stay tuned to the end of this episode. I'm going to put up a very special clip of me interviewing a guy from the new Marlon TV show called Marlon on NBC. His name is Diallo Riddle. He was a writer. Was. He is a writer. And he's a very funny guy. And now he's acting on the show. Uh, let me let me just read you some of his rap sheet. You've probably never seen him before, but it's fine. Let me read you some of his rap sheet. Uh, Chocolate News. He was a writer on Chocolate News. He was a writer on the TV show The Last OG that's coming on TBS this year. Writer on Maya and Marty, the uh, variety show from Maya Rudolph and uh, oh boy, Martin uh, Martin 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 not Sheen uh, Martin Short. <laughs> oh Chad, you stupid idiot! Uh, he did a pilot. He did a couple of pilots for HBO. Uh, they did not get made. He was a writer on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, he was in. You might have seen him on Silicon Valley. He was the lawyer for Huling Paul. And so there you go. Uh, I think that was the first two seasons. So there you go. He's a he's a very funny guy, very nice guy. He's from Atlanta, and we had a nice long, I think, half an hour chat. I never let. I never like to have the the interviews go longer <laughs> than they should, but uh, <laughs> which is usually about ten minutes. <laughs> but he and I, we talked for a lot, a long time. And that poor, there was a poor PR person on the other end of the line that had to sit there and listen to it all. And it was just two, two black guys just talking about Atlanta and the cities and stuff. and just just uh, shooting the breeze. We had a good time. Uh, so if you want to check that out, which I urge you to, I urge you to check it out. Just listen to the, I'm only going to put up maybe a, a 25th of it. I want to put up three minutes at the end of this episode you should just listen to it. Then go read the interview that's coming out on, if this is posting Tuesday, August 15th, you should come out and read it on August 16th. That's when the full interview goes up. It's going to be full, unedited. It's going to be great. And uh, he's just a nice guy. So thank you for listening. Uh, you know what? You can also head to the website dot cpluscomedy.com where we've got so much uh, news, reviews, interviews. Like I, like I just mentioned, you know, sh- videos, news time, all that stuff. Just go to that website. And you'll like it. I promise you, it'll be funny, make you entertain, do so much stuff. You can also uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at C Comedy, follow Mina Twitter at Chad Black White, Mina on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash C Plus Comedy to see our video show, <laughs> News Time, starring me, Chad. This week I'm talking about Steven Soderbergh and his marketing style for his new, his latest movie, Logan Lucky. It's about stealing NASCARs it's stealing NASCAR. It's about robbing a NASCAR track and uh, in North Carolina. And he marketed it to mostly the South and the Midwest because that's where NASCAR is big. And he did a whole bunch of other stuff like cutting the trailer for himself, for himself, for an audiences and stuff like that. So check it out, check it out. So check out news time. I'll explain all of it in that 10 minute episode of news time. Uh, Until then. uh, Bye. Oh, and just stay tuned. Remember for the yellow riddle. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Multi-cam is, a, is an easy job. Well, not easy, but it's a, it's a job that has so many tasks, and then when you're done, you're done. Like for single-cam, if you need to reshoot something, you've got to come back instantly. Mm-hmm. And, and, but with multicam, it's a 9-to-5 <laughs> job, basically.
1: No, it's funny, because, yes, that's 100% true. And there was one scene in particular that, you know, in rehearsal, it felt one way, and for whatever reason we were shooting it, it felt completely different, just a little bit off. So I remember I, I wasn't one to make a habit of this, but I did ask the director, I was like, hey, can we do, can we do one more take? I was like, I know, you know, you don't usually do four or five takes, you know, but I, I was like, let me, let me get a fourth take here. And so they were like, yeah, absolutely. And then in that fourth take, I was determined to sort of recapture what I had felt as Stevie, my character, in those rehearsals. And I'm so glad I did because I know for a fact, like, the uh, head writer that night called me, he's like, I'm really glad you asked for that last take. That's definitely the one we're going to use. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, when you shoot it, you know, for single camera, sometimes you think, oh, we'll go back and we might get this in a reshoot if it doesn't work today. But with this one, like, all the cameras are there, all the actors are there, you better get it. And I think that, that actually, that little bit of a challenge kind of makes it even more electric.
0: Now, you spoke a little bit on uh, sitcoms of, television past, but have you been channeling any characters from those shows specifically in order to help you with your first-time multicam work?
1: I think it's inevitable that you're going to think about some of your favorite multicam moments of the past. It's such a specific medium, and the timing is so different than single-camera where you can just toss off where you just toss off uh, the funny line, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the opposite. It's like, you you kind of have to leave it floating out there for people to, you know, hear that joke sometimes. So, it, yeah, I think it's inevitable that I was probably thinking about some of my favorite, you know, sitcom characters but by the way not all of them are from like the 80s and 90s you know I know I mentioned Cosby Show show Seinfeld but one of my favorite current uh well semi-current it's gone now but one of my favorite recent uh multicams was How I Met Your Mother and I feel like those actors brought a new life and way of doing the multicam format in a way that didn't seem like I was trying to be you know the, the, a secondary guy on Taxi <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you know it's not the Mary of War show anymore and I thought that you know I, I definitely thought a lot about you know How I Met Your Mother and, and some of the other shows that have been more recent and, and you know truthfully even Carmichael influenced a lot because I love the fact that you know here's a show that's tackling really hard topics like consent <laughs> but they're still doing it in multi camp format and I think you know shows like that shows like our show that this format still has a lot of
0: life left in it. I'm glad you mentioned Carmichael because that was definitely one of my favorite shows of the past decade. I'd have to say.
1: There you go. Yeah, great show. And so many friends are stayed on that show. It's weird when I look at certain shows like Carmichael and Secure, and I think, "Oh yeah, I've worked with that person, and I've worked with that actor, and I've been on staff with that writer, and I've hired that writer." And I, you know, I, in my producing capacity between those two shows. If a bomb went off, I'd have to make new friends because I don't... I mean, there's so many people between those two shows that are truly great and killing it and having great... having fantastic 2017, you know? Like, you know, despite everything going on in the world that, you know, makes me depressed and makes me want to never watch the news again, uh, there's there's some good stuff being made, some good creative stuff, and uh, I only hope we get to be a part of the discussion. Now, all that said, I think that Carmichael and... Uh, Marlon are two entirely different shows, and I think they reflect uh, the personalities of the star of the show. And I think that's okay because I don't think that every show needs to be the same just because it has black characters. I give NBC props for not putting the shows on back to back. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what would have happened in like the night in the nineteen nineties. Like a network would have had two, you know, black shows ostensibly around families. Okay, those are clearly like back to back, so we can keep the black gear on there for an hour, but. I don't think that that would have served either show to sort of compare them because I think that they're very different and they're trying to achieve different things.